I got this device from uh, Brad, right. fr- Brad from Rebel Yeah, I, saw, I was there when he told you about it. Okay, yeah, it was Phoenix. Yeah, you were there, right. Yeah, so we're still kind of working the angles, but you have to kind of lean in a little bit. But um, Eddie King, good to see you in town. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing, Dale? Good, thanks. We just had lunch, so bought the, uh, the recording equipment. And uh, yeah, you've got lots of stuff going on lately, so I thought we'd have a little chat about it. Um, yeah, first of all, what are you in town for? Well, I just came into town to uh, say hello to everybody at the season opener of the Quick and Dirty Race over at Lake Hodges, uh, promoted by Victor Sheldon, and see a bunch of old people that I used to compete at at the race prior to my accident in 2013. I remember, I know, sorry, I couldn't make it last night. Um, I was baby duty. But um, I used to love radio, you know, I mean, you got, I think you got me into Quick and Dirty when we used to do it like five years ago, right? It was, uh, was you the one? Yeah, you, yeah, I think I got into it because you were doing it. We started doing some cross country and um, yeah, it was a cool series. So, and you were saying at lunch, it's really grown over the last few years, right? Yeah, I mean, Victor's done a really good job. He's got a lot of new uh, sponsors and a title sponsor for his event and the atmosphere out there is really reminds me of the grassroots of BMX back in the early 70s. You know, a good family atmosphere, people barbecuing, having a good time. It's awesome. And the, the categories now, because it's for, for, cause obviously mainly BMXs that are going to listen to this, uh, mountain bike, cross country, what, like five, six categories? Um, I think there's like a, a beginner, a sport class, intermediate. And then, you know, they got the, uh, the pro class and stuff like that. What I always liked about it, you'd rock up about 5.30, uh, then the gate drops at six. Or the, at six and this you're, is p.m., not a.m. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and they're done at 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock straight, you know, podium yeah. if you've got one, and you're home for dinner, you know? Exactly. And it's, I, I really want you to get back into it, but you, it's one of those things where mountain bike cross country, you can't just show up and race. Like BMX, if you're somewhat talented or you've done it all your life, you can you can show up and still do pretty good. But mountain bike cross country, you get exposed pretty quick if you're not putting the miles in in the week, right? Yeah. It's pretty painful, but something I definitely want to get into. And you were just telling me about the, the kids' race, so we might come out next week and uh, my daughters can finally ride a bike. Be good. It'd be good to see you. Yeah, right yeah. I, mean, I had a really good time watching the little beginner kids start off yesterday. It was it reminding me of the old days. And you just showed me the video, so I think I'm going to try and coax um, my daughter into racing. Maybe that could be her first race. We went, went out to the track last week for the first time and... She seems like she's finally into two wheels, so I'm excited about that. Um, so yeah, let's talk about Eddie King. Um, tell us about the, uh, well, I was there a little bit at the time. Tell us about the uh, the Ant Hill Films project that uh, you've been working on. The Ant Hill Films project was a little conglomeration between Shimano, Haro, kind of originated from a phone call with Steve Blick from Oakley. And uh, it's kind of about how the e-bike has kind of gotten me back out onto the trails. And it's just been... Uh, Phenomenal, just going out there and riding again and doing it solo and everything with the assistance of the Shimano Steps pedal assist motor that's on the the Haro bike that I've got, and it's just been awesome. So you've hooked up with Shimano, Oakley, and Haro on this, right? Yes, I mean, really, I think the Steve Blick from Oakley kind of made the initial phone call to uh, Shimano regarding, you know, p- possibly doing a film with uh, myself getting back on the dirt with an e-bike. And um, Shimano and Oakland, Shimano and Haro kind of got together, and they got me a bike and went out there, and we did uh, five days of filming back last month, and that was a lot of work to tell you the truth. But hopefully, you know, five seven minutes of good film is going to be pretty awesome when it comes out pretty soon. And I didn't tell you, I've been sick for like a month since the one day I did with you. 
riding right. with you and PK, like we was we early in the morning until at, literally at dark when we finished filming and riding with you guys. And I was so blown out after that day. And you did five days, and I've been sick, like say on and off for like a <laughs> month now. I just can't kind of kind of get rid of it. But I know it started from uh, that day. So you really, yeah. I, I, I said to my wife, I said, I can't believe Eddie is doing it again today because I'm done. You know, yeah. but I'm, again, it's going to be exciting to, to see the outcome and just following those guys and seeing seeing what they've done. What's the website? And you can go see a Greg Menard thing they did on Greg Menard, right? It's anthillfilms.com. Right. So go check that out, people. It's definitely worth uh, watching it. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing this uh, edit that they're putting out with you. Tell us a little bit more about it because I'm very new and I don't know much about it. I know Horro's kind of into it and getting into it through you and a line of bikes and stuff. Tell us a bit more about the whole e-bike um, craze, you know? Is it, I don't call it a craze, but it's like kind of happening right now, right? Yeah. Well, I've kind of ridden an e-bike off and on a little bit in the last couple of years, either through, you know, loaner projects, through Perry Kramer. And since I own one now and I've been out there hitting the trails, it's just been kind of, you know, I kind of knew that I was going to get a little blowback and a little animosity with some of the true mountain bike people riding and stuff like that but really I kind of find myself as an ambassador for the e-bike community just trying to kind of educate people that um, e-bikes are going to be a really good thing I think for getting a lot of people out into the cycling world whether it be on the street or whether or not it be in the dirt to get out there and go riding the pedal assist bike is really where it's at out there especially in the dirt or even in the streets and stuff like that how many different kind of e-bikes are there? Is it just like a mountain bike and road bike and just a whole range of different... Well, there's like the mountain bike, uh, full suspension. You can get a hardtail version. You know, there's street versions of these uh, e-bikes also. And they have like cargo bikes with electric assist. They got trikes that have uh, the electric assist. So there's all kinds of categories. Obviously, e-bikes are a little more popular. They have a little bit of better better start over in Europe and now it's finally catching off in America right now and there's just a lot of activity and a lot of growth in the e-bike market it's incredible and like say it's going to turn into a rate racing you think or that's already happening um I think there's you know I think Sea Otter had an e-bike race and stuff but you know whether or not it really gets you know to that point I really you know I don't see a need for it to tell you the truth the e-bike races it's like uh, what are you trying to, to really prove? I mean, really, I think what you want to do is get the average person out on the trail and get them to, instead of ride 10 to 12 miles, maybe ride 18 to 22 miles out on the trail because it can easily be done. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, riding with, say, when we did the, the, the video, I was there shooting with you guys, the guys, or the camera guys, they were all on e-bikes, and I think me and PK were the only guys that weren't, and it was hard to keep up with you guys, man. You guys were... Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could tell yeah. how that pedal assist just climbs up those hills, yeah, no yeah. problem, and... You can just keep going. It's, it's not a uh, a detriment. Right. I wish to say detriment's really the word, but it's different, that's for sure. Yeah, but I'll say it's, uh, it's people out on bikes. I mean, oh, how can it not be good, you know? it's uh, yeah. it keep, You know, the kids keeps the kids away from the computer. Yep, that's what you do, get them off the bike. So this weekend, um, so probably by the time I post this, it'll probably be about the same time, but uh, tomorrow this weekend, and I'm hoping to make it as well, um, 4130 Subway Series. Tell us a little bit about uh, the whole, you know, I just call it the Todd Lyons wheelie, go for a cruise down the, you know, tell us about the whole, whole, the whole how that Subway thing works, you know? I'm kind of a beginner at it for the most part, and I know this is Perry's probably first ride that he's doing where it's labeled the Perry Kramer San Diego ride and stuff. But it's just really getting a bunch of 
people outdoors just making memories riding older bikes and for you know? people that's not seen it if you don't follow Todd Lyons they're definitely encouraged to uh, just follow him on social media he's heavily in it with obviously SE bikes and they're doing good with those see a lot of people you know you watch those rides see so many people on SEs and kind of uh, yeah it's uh, definitely uh, different but it seems like it's really caught on just watching you know through what the wild man's doing you know I think with the 4130 series ride it really has become has become it's a lot of the people that used to race maybe in the in the 80s on a 20 inch bike are seeing all these bikes that are, were ridden as a 20 inch in the 80s being reborn or repopped as a 26 or a 29 inch version as an adult and these people are adults now and, and some of these people their, their kids have moved out of the house and they've got dual incomes they've got extra disposable income and they're reliving their childhood on a on a bike that resembles what they had in the 80s but instead of riding a 20 inch version of it they're riding a big a big cruiser version of it and mm -hmm. they're just enjoying life and i was looking at the footage of you guys down in florida and that was called the spring fling right yeah i mean huge i mean thousands of people there would you say I'd say there's probably 1,200 plus. I mean, that's a lot of people riding bikes. So tell us a little bit about, and I was looking at the, you know, obviously a lot of you guys, 80s guys were there. I saw a lot of the 90s. I saw freestyle guys there, you know, you know from the from the past. Um, yeah, tell us about some of the people that were on that uh, weekend. And uh, yeah, tell us about it. Well, it was the 10-year reunion of the Spring Fling deal, and it was my first year there. So I kind of knew kind of what I was getting myself into, but it's a conglomeration of the freestyle era guys, uh, Blyther, Dominguez, Pistol Matt Pete Hoffman, was there. Pistol, Pete, you know, yeah. the race guys, Perry, Pete Longkarovich, Tracer Finn was there, and, uh, you know, some Greg Esser and, and um, Johnny Turner were there. So it was a good conglomeration of freestyle and race guys just out there just having a good time. So you, know? you guys just kind of cruise around in the day and drink beer at night? Is that how it kind of works? Well, I kind of think that's the way it works. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody's just having a good time talking about old times and... You know, there's no stress now in talking race or talking freestyle from what it used to be like. It's just, you know, checking out everybody's bikes. And it seems like, yeah, it's like I've been following it for the last couple of years. It just seems like it's just growing and growing. And like I say, you've seen Pistol Pete out there. I mean, that's pretty cool to, to see. I mean, I saw so many pictures on social media. Here's me with Pistol Pete. You know, people post him with He hasn't you changed guys. one bit. He's the exact same person I knew when we were racing together back in the mid-80s. Right, right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, now, is there plans to take that spring fling to West Coast as well? Or everybody just has their own little, like I say, that's a subway in the West Coast, is it? That's I think it's really yeah. kind of the subway on the West Coast. But it's a whole different, because over there, it's really a, it's a two to three day event, the spring fling, where a subway series or a subway ride is really just that Saturday or that Saturday night ride or whatever. And then that's it. But spring fling is a whole weekend, right. basically dedicated to to do in other parts of that weekend yeah yeah no it looks it definitely looks cool it might be something i might need to check out in the next couple of years it's kind of like the uh bmx society's bmx show and then adding on a ride to it right there's actually a, a show that goes with spring fling but there's also a ride to it where that deal that steve brothers is doing with bmx society and ernie alexander's deal it doesn't have a ride to it, but if they tied a ride to it, it'd be very much like the spring fling. And that's coming up this weekend, next weekend, right? Next weekend in Chatsworth. And these guys are like seventies riders. That's even before what even I know. So they're yeah, seventies. I mean, these, these are the these are the absolute dinosaurs of BMX that are going to be coming out next weekend. And they're just like a 
catch up gathering? Is it like a little Hall of Fame type thing? Like it, kind of, it pretty much is. It's it's really just to catch up to see what everybody's doing because you've got to look at the dinosaur guys. The dinosaur BMX guys are, are creeping up. <laughs> Do to they 60. know they're called the dinosaur guys? That's what I call them. Right. <laughs> you know. Oh, good stuff. All right. I tell you what was funny. I was uh, watching the uh, not funny, but um, I was watching um, Poppendale last week. Woke up on my computer and Saturday morning drinking my coffee, and I get a random text from you. This is boring. You didn't tell me what you was watching or or what you was doing, but I assumed you was watching Poppendale as well. So. I've been watching, yeah, I watched the UCI races and stuff. I'm still a fan of BMX and all the racers that are still doing it and everything else. But I just really feel that Poppendahl really kind of misses the electricity that they could have because I have this thing to where the fans are not engaged into the racing as much as they used to, or they can't. I mean, a good comparison would be is this UCI race in Poppendahl and the UCI race that they do in Argentina. Those fans are, are right up against the track. And I think the energy and the emotion is, is a lot more, um, ex- uh, not accepted, but I mean, it, it's just a lot more vibrant in Argentina. When you look at Poppendahl and you look at some of these other UCI tracks, you look at, you watch the TV show and the video and you didn't get to see any of the fans in the crowd. I mean, it was really kind of minuscule. I mean, all you saw was the track, the races, and a lot of infield. And I just think that I think UCI or whoever the promoter is for these UCI World Cup races, they need to fix these tracks and they need to put the fans closer to the track. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't yell for your favorite rider when you're 50 meters away in the grandstands. Yeah, you yeah. What, kinda... a, what about the racing itself? What did you think of, uh, I mean, Nick Keeman? And again, this is not really a wrap-up of that race, but I mean, definitely impressive. Uh, Nick Keeman, how fast that dude was last weekend, right? Yeah, the day one when he won from lane eight like that, and basically it was like the 250s were chasing the 450. Right, yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. he just left him, and, you know, if he would have pedaled a little bit more in the la- coming into the last turn and down the last straightaway, he would have won a lot larger of a margin. margin. But it really came pretty close to the finish line because I think he just really let off way Jarrett's too much. Jarrett's him up. Into, yeah, yeah, exactly. That was pretty close to the line still considering how big of a lead he had coming into the second turn. Yeah, yeah. That definitely reminded me of when Maris won there in 2012 before the Olympics, which was a exactly. huge boost for him when he had lane eight. He kind of did the same thing. And then seeing Kimman seem like he whole shot but even more than what Maris did. It was yeah. just unbelievable. Um, so that was uh, what about the girls what are your, what are your thoughts on that at least post won one day and I think it was the Dutch girl that's won a bunch this year one on uh, Smolders one on uh, Saturday yeah I think she kind of legitimized that she won the two days in Paris in France you know and that was not a fluke and then she came in and made it three in a row mm-hmm. there what do you think about uh, I mean Kimmen can only get faster so by the Olympics this kid could be untouchable unless you think he could be if he gets any faster I mean um, he's still kind of I think you've got you know Joris Connor those kind of Anthony Dean you know that mm-hmm. kind of era of people that are they're all in the, the, the probably the I don't know if you say the last part of their career but definitely the, the, the peak Downhill. of yeah. the peak of their careers and, and another two years where it seems like Keeman even though he won the Worlds two years ago which is kind of crazy it was two, two or three years ago it seems like he's still a young kid climbing up that ladder you know yeah exactly so, if you look at you know what you got two years before Tokyo and if he gets any faster than what he is right now, he's really gonna he's really gonna separate himself from everybody else. Yeah, just yeah. like he did day one in Poppendahl. Yeah, down that first second straightaway, he really separated himself from everybody. Right. I mean, when you've got a, that big of a lead from lane eight, it's like 
need to check under his hood. Yeah. <laughs> well, he reminds me, you remember, I, I almost posted it. I was reading some old magazines uh, last couple of weeks. I mean, just a bit bought a bunch of them from England. So I'm slowly putting them all. These are English magazines. These are European magazines. These are BMX Plus, you know, BMX Action, Snap. So I was going through my Dutch magazines. And you remember him because you raced me. It reminds me a lot of uh, Phil Hugendorn. Remember, he was, uh, I don't know if you raced, you probably didn't race Phil. You might have raced him at Bercy one year. Your brother Maybe probably Bercy, raced him. Yeah. I think your brother probably raced him all, but Phil was Actually, a... I, I met him when I went back to watch Poppendal, I want to say in 2012. I went back there and I watched Poppendal. And right. And Garrett Dose introduced me to Yes, he was, was a there. big, I mean, you know. He the still Dutch, is. He still Dutch, is a big, pretty yeah, fit guy. All Dutch guys are always, you know, renowned from, for being just big, strong guys. But I think uh, if, if anyone's listening here, and I'm sure Bass probably would say the same as well if he hears this but i think uh keeman is like kind of a, a really new new school just the build of phil hugendorn because phil was just a big kind yeah. of maris build guy just crazy power and uh yeah i think your brother probably raced him a bit more than you would have in the uh yeah mid to late 80s you know so all right uh, anything else thoughts on supercross bmx racing what are you seeing you know what's same old arguments you I mean you read everything that i read anything you want to no, touch on not too much. I mean, BMX know. racing. You just want to move on from that. Yeah, we'll just move on. Let's from move that. on that. Another thing you was telling me about um, while I was having lunch, you are heading down to uh, Australia, right? Yeah, um, they do an old school reunion bike show and stuff. I think down there in, in Melbourne, Australia. Melbourne. So Perry's been down there once, and there's a uh, a distributorship down there that deals with a lot of these old school cruiser bikes and stuff and uh, he invited myself to come down there with Perry in October hopefully and uh, we'll be down under uh, that's cool now was Harry just went there a couple of years ago right? Harry Leary was there yeah and when we did the podcast I think he had just been or he was going right uh, so it seemed like every year they bring some of you guys out right yeah I mean I think collector wise I mean that's a, that's a whole other show also when you talk, start talking about the collectors and stuff but there's some very serious collectors I think down in Australia and actually in England also. England, yeah, it's huge. Yeah. You know, I mean, some of these original parts and these original bikes and this from the original pioneer races and stuff, they're no longer in the United States. They're sitting in Australia and England. Yeah, no, I know. Any of these guys. You've got the Milton Keynes uh, old school event that we have in, you know, once a year in the UK, which is huge. And you see it growing and growing. You see Matt Hoffman and yeah. Bob Haro and a bunch of those guys are going over there. And yeah, I've seen a lot of the, the English guys, how how interesting how much money they spend on that stuff as well right it's kind of amazing how that's all been reborn and you know i mean obviously we keep track of current bmx and stuff like that but to see how this whole new market of reborn products from the 80s is being rebooted and everything else by these collectors that have collected all the 20s versions and now they want these 20s versions to be adult version cruisers mm -hmm. so they can ride them around nowadays yeah yeah but these say these are the guys that are spending the money right now then i guess into it so you can see why some of the brands are kind of going towards that side you know on these big bikes and the the old school uh old school stuff as well what's your brother up to he's very low key i know he's running rock hill and is he still going to the World Cups and stuff? What's, what's he's he not going? doing the World Cups that I know of. He's pretty much just, he's a brand ambassador, I think, for Felt Bicycles. and. But he still races mountain bikes a lot, doesn't he? Yeah, because he races the Felt, and he's just doing the cross-country and uh, some of the mountain bike series out there for Felt and for others, for some of his other sponsors also that are out there. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. All right, Eddie, I think we've hit the... The main points we we're talking about at lunch. What uh, what else? What are the podcasts? I know you're a big podcast guy. What else do you listen to? Look at, watch. 
podcast listen. guys. I listen to Rail the Verm a little bit, and I just um, I read social media all the time. I read all everybody's rants and right. all that other good stuff out there. You know, who's, lo- who's a good rant you've been listening to this week? Couple weeks, <laughs> anybody? Oh, let's see. Just how. Let's see. There's always good rants out there. Tim March has always got a good rant. You know. I don't that. know. I'm not on his. I'm not. A, I'm not on his page anymore. I don't know what he's and then, saying. And then there's screenshot uh, anything he says. And then there's you know the talk about how you know there's no there's no numbers on these checks that these riders are getting and pro payouts getting dismal and how tough it's getting to be made and then you talk about I think. Uh, um, Bill Ryan had a good rant that came on too. I what think was Bill? I think I'm, was that the one who was talking about the industry and the saturation and stuff? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, I read all of that stuff and just kind of, you know, I may not comment and stuff like that. Are you on our private industry page as well? Excuse me. Are you on the industry page? Is a private industry page uh, where we chat a little you know bit as what? well? I don't think I am. Yeah. On there, I think maybe I am. I don't know. And then you know, Jay Rich has got that one page for double A pros. Yeah. Double A pros, but I think it could be used in a better sense to enhance the sport instead of you know asking random questions about back in the day right you know who initiated you into the pro class i mean i well, don't know I, I think there's a lot of a lot of guys that aren't involved in the sport now that could still bring a lot of value and, oh, and just just like you know say love the old i said it before a lot of the old gt guys that were just ahead of the time and tapped into some of the i guess a lot of good guys we've got to get podcasted in the, in the future you know some some guys that have done you know some great things and, yeah. and probably a lot of their methods and advice that could probably work today, you know, you know you don't have to actually get into i would think the racers and stuff i think a lot of the a good source of information could come from a lot of these team managers mm-hmm. you know that they ran these big teams big budgeted teams especially back in the heyday in the 80s mm-hmm. and stuff you know um uh, doc schofield and uh, Mike Donnell. Mr. Nelson, Danny's dad. Yeah, you could do you Nelson. You, yeah, could TC. Do, you could do Howard Wharton. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys, I'm sure they've got some great stories that mm-hmm. are untold yeah, yeah. about their teams and their team's adventures and everything else. Right. Well, I so said we talked a little bit about, I don't want to get into the whole pro, pro prize money debate. Um, what were some of the big money days in, in your era, the 80s? Was Murray World Cup was the big one, right? Yeah, Murray Five World grand. Cup was, I think it was 25000 one year. They had ten grand. For the A pros, ten grand for Pro Cruiser total, and then they had five grand for the B pros. Wow! And I think I don't even know if there was a girls pro back then or not. <laughs> Didn't Brian Patterson or somebody tripled right? Did he double or triple at a World Cup one year? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. Somebody then. will know. Somebody listen to this one. Obviously, I didn't do yeah. good because I don't remember. <laughs> right. What was your best payday then? Um, had it been Waterford Oaks, the ESPN race in '83. With you and Harry. You... Uh, I was me and Greg Hill. Okay. Greg Hill ended up winning, I think, two of the motos, and then he got, I want to say, fifth or sixth in the last moto, and I passed up Bob Madrano in the last straightaway, and we tied for points. And, and this is the ESPN, right? Yeah. So I'm going to look for this on YouTube. Maybe I can put it together with this. And, yeah, uh, I know it's out there, sure. the ESPN series at Waterford Oaks. Okay, so I'll look for that. Eddie, anything else you want to say before we... And I know we'll talk again, because we see you a lot. Um, no, just out there, still pedaling, and... I don't know, making new memories. Yeah, and if people want to follow you, check you out because you you do some great stuff on social media. You know, you you're, you're a busy guy. You're active. You're just always doing something, and you're always traveling and, and riding bikes and meeting old friends and meeting new friends. So you're definitely a good follow. And you're a big drone guy. 
No? Oh, so, that's one of my new yeah. toys now. Yeah, it's yeah, going yeah. out on the drone and becoming a cinematographer right. and all that <laughs> other fun stuff. And I don't know. It's, it's good to be behind the lens a little bit and flying around. I've learned a lot about it. and Keep flying that thing and see what happens with it. Yeah, start knocking out some edits and stuff. That's uh, what you got to do. I think it's a good way to help market whatever you're, you're doing, especially if you're on a bicycle. Document what you're doing, yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's a whole different perspective. It's like attaching. It's a different way of media instead of attaching a gopro to your bike you know you can have a drone follow you for a little bit or you know have a different angle of you riding the trails or the hills out there right good stuff good stuff and so how do how do we follow you what's your uh, your handle let's see you can follow me on uh on facebook but it's kind of i don't have i have the athlete page but i don't use it very much really just go to my instagram at eddie king 619 give him I think that one there, I can have as many people as I want, but the other one, I'm pretty much limited, and I really don't use the athlete one as much as I should, just because I don't think it's as personal. Well, you can get more traction on your own page, because like I say, they, they close the reach on those, you know, right. we have I a wish they would, page. I wish yeah. they would open that up, because to me, it's a lot more personable. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. I t- I'll tell you what, before I, uh, I hang up, there's been a, just a couple of podcast listeners. Um, if you haven't listened to BMX in our blood, check it out, guys. Lots of great interviews. I've mentioned it before on some of the podcasts. There's a new one. I don't know if you listened to it yet called Space Brothers. Have you listened to that one yet, Eddie? No, it's I haven't. some guys from down in Florida. Um, so, yeah, check it out, guys. There's been some good interviews already. So check it out, Space Brothers. And, uh, yeah, that's for the, the podcast fans. All right, Eddie, thanks for uh, chatting, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll catch everybody later. Cheers. All right, thank you. Cheers. See ya.